Greetings, superstars. Welcome back to Word Up with Danny Katz, your one-stop 5D superhero listening spot. I'm Danny Katz, transformation agent, empowered badassery coach, and quantum languaging consultant. And I'm so happy you're here. Here at Word Up, we are devoted to supporting you in becoming your most authentic, empowered, liberated version of yourself. We do this by sharing quantum languaging upgrades, conscious communication tools, witchy life hacks, planetary service announcements, and high-vibing, deep-diving conversations with original thinkers, visionary weirdos, and rebel badasses. Our every show aims to expand your consciousness, raise your frequency, sharpen your critical thinking skills, and make you giggle. <laughs> Be sure to hit that subscribe button and to join us on Locals at dannycats.locals.com where you can watch the video versions of all our episodes including those that are a little bit too spicy for the non-free speech friendly platforms. And it's also where paid subscribers can tune into the second half of all my interviews and enjoy a plethora of other bonuses, including live monthly Q&As, unpublished writings and videos, and behind the scenes intel. Join our quickly growing tribe of high vibe superstars at dannycats.locals.com. Okay, now that we've got all our housekeeping out of the way, let's enjoy today's episode of Word Up with Danny Katz. Superstars, and welcome back to another episode of Word Up with Danny Katz. I am so excited for today's interview with New Mexico governor candidate Karen Bedoni. I am doing a video preamble to this particular interview for a couple of reasons. One, the interview was a little bit of a departure. We've had these insane rains here in New Mexico. And so Karen didn't have any Wi-Fi access. So she hopped in the car with her assistant to find Wi-Fi access, which put us in motion during the interview and didn't really allow for the kind of deep diving inquiry that I usually love to do. Um, and Karen mentioned so many things that I was like, oh, but I wanna ask about that and I wanna ask about that. And it wasn't really that kind of interview. I also want to specify that Karen is running for New Mexico governor on the libertarian ticket. She had been rub running as a Republican, and then I guess she had some experiences that indicated that the Republican Party wanted to control her in certain ways, and so to protect her sovereignty and her ability to serve the people of New Mexico, she left the Republican Party and ran as a libertarian. I do not personally agree with every single policy perspective that Karen is putting forth. That being said, we are in a really intense situation uh, here in this country and especially in New Mexico, which is the poorest state in the union. And from my perspective, Karen Bedoni is far and above 
the best candidate we have. And I'm not saying this to sway anyone's vote. I thoroughly believe in free will and that is completely up to you. But I think the fact that Karen understands what is really happening on a very large, expansive meta scale puts her light years above our other candidates here. And I think the fact that she has a real clear vision of uh, how she intends to serve the New Mexican people and she has contingency plans uh, for various ways that um, our current situation works itself out or doesn't work itself out. I think Karen is our best bet for protecting our land, for protecting our people, for protecting our sovereignty. And so I really wanted to give Karen free reign in terms of sharing as many aspects of her platform as possible. So um, in the honor of supporting Karen, I am changing up my usual structure wherein the first half is for public consumption and the second half is for paid supporters on my locals and my Patreon. I am choosing to share the entirety of our chat with the public, whether you're, you're a paid supporter on my locals platform or on my Patreon platform or not. I think it is really that important uh, that we get Karen's message out and that we spread word of her candidacy far and wide. So I am inviting you, superstar listener, to be sure to, of course, subscribe to my podcast channel, to also like and share this video far and wide. Karen is not taking donations from the lobbyists, from the corporations, from a lot of those larger entities that allow candidates to get bigger platforms in exchange for favors than owed. She's not rolling that way. So I would like to do my part in sharing word as far and wide as possible. So the entirety of this show is available today. Thank you so much for tuning in. Buckle up. I'm jumping in with New Mexico governor candidate, Karen Bedoni. Yay, thank okay. you so much for going the distance to get a signal to be with me today. <laughs> yes, definitely. It's really, um, it's, it's difficult in rural New Mexico. Our infrastructure for communication needs um, some work. <laughs> yes, and I'm excited that you will be our new governor and you will take care of that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, and that's the plan. Um, well, right now we're seeing a lot of the roads being washed out from all the rains, and so we had to take a detour today. And so some of the roads are closed because the, the civil engineering and everything is so bad here, but we are in uphill battle. Awesome. Well, since you brought it up, we'll just dive in. Thank you so much for being here, Karen. As a lifelong New Mexican, I'm curious to know, what is your take on these rains? Are these engineered? Is this organic? Well, there's cycles, but then there's also some very peculiar um, instances where there's a, you see the clouds are coming and all of a sudden it divides. And so there's, there's spots in New Mexico, especially the agriculture area that are just so dry. It looks like it was burned, but it's just been from the heat and no moisture. But after, after the fires happened and then the vegetation is just dead um, and then the rains come and it creates a whole flooding situation. So you're, you're kind of, you're, you're questioning it, but my counterpart that's a weatherman said that he believes in cloud seeding and that they spray us all the time. So we have chemtrails um, zigzagging over New Mexico on a daily basis. It's always been this way. And I think um, cloud seeding, if they can engineer this, I believe they can reverse engineer it and stop the rain as well. 
And he has talked about this through climate change and they say that, oh, we are bringing the rain, but I think they're actually messing with our atmosphere. I really do. Yeah, I believe that. So um, I'm so curious to know your path and what brought you into politics and inspired you to run for governor. Well, I am uh, just a simple, I guess I like, I'm, I'm very humble about the whole process. I was a, a mom. I am a mom. I have eight children. I homeschooled all of them because the education system is so bad here. The indoctrination is thick. We live in a socialistic, communistic reservation. Everything that we um, want to do, even progress, um, start a business, drill for water, um, certain things like that, we're not allowed to. It's all controlled. Even the food industry is controlled. Our supermarket, our meats are um, coming from New Zealand out of the country. The cool, the, the country of origin labeling system is not accurate. So we're eating um, meat that's not from here. We're being fed agriculture that's not from New Mexico. Our medical systems are through the roof because we're so unhealthy here. Um, let's see what else they do. So it's big farm is part of this whole thing. So in our hospitals, we also lost control of our hospitals. They're all government controlled and state, state controlled. So they're not curing anything. They're just medicating us and keeping us in the game as long as they can. And when you live in this, 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 this paradigm of um, socialism, you start to scream in the night because you're like, how are we even supposed to get ahead? How are we supposed to put food on the table? Because we're water haulers. We don't have running water to our home. Um, I haven't had running water. My, in, you know, where I live, we've never had that opportunity to be able to tap the water tables because the government says no. And Wait, can I stop you, Karen? Can you just sure. unpack for us what that is like being a water hauler? Like break that down, how you get water and how you use water. Well, most of our, so we run our own business. So most of our funding goes to hauling water because we don't have it. It's not just paying a water bill. It's water is heavy. So we have to drive a 350 um, diesel engine in order to haul um, 300 gallons every few days um, for 10 people in the home because I have eight children. And we have to go twice a day and we drive the nearest um, border town is Gallup, New Mexico. And so that's an hour and a half from our home out and then back in. So it's a three hour driving time plus diesel. And so the Green New Deal, you start seeing the impact, you start seeing the, the petroleum prices climb in Biden's administration. And then you start to see that the only reason we're working so hard and trying to provide an income is just so we can provide water to our home. So that's what it's like is not being able to have any luxuries. Um, we don't have like regular cable TV. So we get a lot of our stuff off the internet. Um, we've had to um, figure out how to, um, I guess, try to live the American dream the best that you can. And America out there that's doesn't understand this. I, the policies that, that are coming are basically what we've already endured as a, as a tribe. So what I get out there and talk about, I can't even get this, I'm trying to unpack it so fast, but it's so much energy and so much passion. So all the democratic policies that have come down the pipeline the past um, you know, 10 years have been already done to Indian country. So we are the experiment, you guys are the new application. And this is what I'm fighting now, the 30 by 30, the Green New Deal, the 50 by 50, look all those up. Those are basically, the, the, the breakdown of America and they're wrapping one big policy around the country. You are the new application. You are the new Indians. This is the new reservation. What you are seeing right now is just a taste of it. The taste of not being able to afford things, not being able to eat steak anymore, but now you have to go to hamburger. Pretty soon it's gonna to go to canned meat. 
and then you, even the cheeses aren't that great. Then all of a sudden you're gonna go to very processed cheese because it's cheaper. Then you're gonna start seeing your health, you know, take a turn. This is all from Indian country and this is poverty. They are engineering the biggest poverty war on the people and it's difficult to watch. So as a Native American Navajo woman, I came out of the reservation to basically wake up the masses. You need to wake up before we lose our country. It's a republic if we can keep it. And we aren't even doing anything about it. We're complacent and we're letting them. Now they're gonna disarm us. And that's how they conquer peoples when they disarm you. Once they take our guns, it's over. We have to hold on to our second amendment and we must fight for our economy. So the economy, poverty, socialism, communism, control, fear, indoctrination, it's all wrapped up into one big spider web. And I'm here fighting it. And that's why I'm running for governor. Thank you so much for, I cannot tell you how much hope you give me and how excited I was when I found your podcast and, oh. and heard your, your position on things. Were you always political or is this an unforeseen pivot? Well, I guess I've been always political. My grandmother was political. She always was in there um, pushing for the right of the people. She always was about humanitarian efforts and also um, helping one another. And it's, it's, it's called eh in our, our language. It's about family. You have to look at people as family members so you don't injure each other. Mm. But there's a lot of humanistic um, aspects that creep in like jealousy, envy, greed. And, you know, those end up being the... Um, the, the deadly sins in the Bible. And so being political is fighting those things. And it's a very spiritual war right now. And what my grandmother, um, she taught me in this political realm is that everything is in politics. So if you sit there and say, well, I don't really get into politics, but you know what? Politics is controlling you. And the fact that you don't get into it, that means they're successful. We were so complacent that we've lost our America basically. And <laughs> We are fighting for it back. And, and there's, a, there's very few of us patriots that actually are true patriots. People out there, um, when patriotism actually comes knocking or calls, you know, people won't answer the call. They won't do it. They, um, they're afraid. They're afraid to answer the call. And it's scary because when you see it in the paradigm as I see it, it's about life or death right now. And so I'm here and I devoted my life right now to the Lord and to Jesus. And I know what's happening. I know what's coming down the pipeline and I just keep trying to wake up the masses. So running for governor, yeah, the highest seat, yeah. We're gonna say what we have to say, but in this position, I can actually create protection for the people, especially for what's coming down the pipeline because the Biden administration and the things that they're pushing, Kamala Harris and Pelosi, they are nuts but they are on one agenda. So we, we think that they're dumb and they don't understand. No, they are a machine. And if we don't get our stuff together and stop them, then we are completely, we're lost. America will be gone. And see, my tribe is responsible for the code talkers. And my grandfather told me that you have to stand up and save America. The code word in Navajo was Nihama. That meant America. She's our mother. If we lose her, we lose everything. So that's why we fight so hard. So I'm in a war and yeah, I'm on the ground and it's very difficult. I can relate. I can totally relate. Um, were you always, like you said, your grandmother was a big influence. So were you always hip to the scam that is, is running beneath the surface of America? Or did you have one of those like 9-11 wake up moments? It was a 9-11 wake up moment, I think. Um, we didn't really know. She's a Democrat, actually. My grandmother's a Democrat. So was my, my mom and my father. They're Democrats. I'm a Republican. But I've also, now I'm running as a libertarian because I found that both parties are 
corrupt. They're all hooked at the hip. It's two heads of the same snake. And I'm understanding this because New Mexico Republican politics is corrupt. We've lost our GOP. So I had to cut myself loose and, um, and, 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 and see the truth for what it was. And what she did tell me was it's always about the people. And that's what Dene means. We call our tribe. What, what tribe are you from? Dene. It literally translates to the people. You have to make sure that you never lose focus of that. And if we do that, then you're, we're actually um, on the right track. Mm -hmm. And so when the wake up call came was when I was calling it an epidemic. I said, there's an epidemic coming because um, the hospitals, I died in 2014 giving childbirth and they didn't help me. And it was mediocre healthcare. And I was frustrated. And when I came back, um, the healing process was horrendous, but I'll only, I lived on basically Tylenol because they didn't have any real um, medication for me. And it was in childbirth and also um, uh, blood clotting and all that business was, was going on. And I was having a very hard time. And I was privy to something's not right. And then I was relabeling because I was a cross country coach, wrestling coach. So I was, I was about the nutrition of my children. And I found out that they're pumping all of the crazy crap stuff to, closer to the reservation border towns. That's why our health is so bad. And then I started to look at the education because my son brought home an application. I thought it was a, a work or job application. They were teaching kids life skills or something. But then I looked at it closer and I'm like, what are you doing? And he's like, I'm filling this out. And it was a food stamp application. I was like, what? And the indoctrination started coming and it just started falling. And then so when Trump started running in, in 16, no one believed it. They didn't. And, and I, I knew, I knew that he was going to win. So I was on board way in 15, even before actually I, I knew when he came down that escalator that this is a businessman and he does not, he's not part of the corrupt part of it. Then I started to unravel um, corruption. How do you hide money? Where do you hide money? You have to put it in a place where the FBI can't go and, and federal audits can't go and state audits can't go. But where's that? It's inside Indian country where sovereignty is. Sovereignty was never for us. Sovereignty is for the politicians to hide money. And that's when I started to unravel it. We started chasing um, you know, different contractors that didn't exist. And we found out that, because we're contractors on the reservation, but we were losing bids. We couldn't get a bid to save ourselves. And then we found out that these companies that we we're losing bids to didn't even exist. So they were shell corporations. And that for it. And I started to unravel it and it got worse and worse. And I kept pulling the string, you know, how you unravel a knit, knitted sweater yeah. and you're trying to see where it ends up. It ended up right over to the to my our own Republican Party, and I left the party. Wow! And when did yeah. you leave the party officially? Uh, let's see. This this past spring, because I well I I made a lot of friends and a lot of people, a lot of really really great relationships during the Trump um, election in 2020. I was on the ground. I was fighting the the restrictions the mandates i didn't want to wear a mask i refused to get you know jabbed i didn't want the vax i didn't want any of that i wanted my freedom and that's what i was fighting for and when i got close to election i started running for office and i started saying the things that were truth bombs and they they were starting to panic because i was actually you know calling things out um they started to work against me and the people that I had that were friends that were Republicans were like, this is what's happening. This is what they're saying. So they were giving me screenshots of um, conversations, plans, deception. And I thought, this is my own party. We haven't even started fighting the Democrats yet. What are we doing here? 
And so just before I declared um, my candidacy um, lawfully with the Secretary of State, I sat there and I thought about it. I prayed really hard and something in my heart told me you need to get out of this race into, you have to outmaneuver them. So I did. I called the, the Libertarians. I said, you don't have a candidate. They're like, well, we, you have a lot of support here. So they let me in. And I said, I'm going to run on this ticket and I'm going to do my best to help um, carry the flag, the American flag of freedom and liberty and individual principle. But I can't stand with you on all of your um, principles of, you know, they have some some kind of leftist policies in there that I don't agree with, but they're like, it's okay. We don't have a candidate anyway. So they let me in. And so I flipped within 48 hours before the declaration, because you have to go out and get signatures. I had to meet a threshold, I believe of 4%. And so we hustled and I asked, I called for the army of the 300 across New Mexico, all my supporters within 48 hours, relayed, relayed enough petition signatures all the way up to Santa Fe. And um, by five o'clock was a deadline. By 4.48, I was in those doors with just enough. And we made affidavits for everybody. We made sure they all the registrations were current and we, 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 we sent it in. And then they tried, and then the Republicans tried to sue me and get me off the ballot. And so we fought that too in court and then they appealed it. We went to Supreme Court and I still won and out of technicalities because they're not as smart as I thought they were but we got it done. And so I became a libertarian overnight and it was because they opened the door for me with the support of the people that believe in what I'm saying, helped me get there. When I did that, the Republicans lost their minds and then they started working hard against me. They have said everything. They have sent misinformation, disinformation. I'm the same person. I am unwavered. I was a Trump supporter. I am a diehard conservative. I believe in God and I am about God and country, the constitution. And I have not even stopped but the republicans have fought me consistently right now we're fighting another complaint it's an ethics commission it's bogus but it's the republicans they're doing it and i thought wow this is the party that i really felt was my party and i i i, I fought for them i defended them but as soon as you decide to remove yourself because you just want a fair election and stay in your own lane they're dirty they quite like liberals and I'm thinking, are we infiltrated? Did we lose the party? Because when you pick a fight with a conservative, a true conservative, they are humbling. They're like, they're, they, they will give you the facts and then they'll leave you alone. Mm -hmm. They live and let live. But a liberal that walked away and calls themselves a Republican is basically a rhino. When you pick a fight with them, they go all bananas. They act like the leftist, progressive, crazy people. They name call you. They will do anything. They kick, scratch, spit, you know, name it. And so I figured it out. That's how you can tell a rhino from a, a real conservative is you pick a fight with them. And so I've been picking fights all over the state and I've uncovered everybody. So they call me the rhino hunter here in New Mexico. <laughs> I love that. And so do you think the Republican Party is fundamentally corrupt or do you think it's because of the infiltration that they're going after you? I think it's the infiltration. I also think the Republican Party, that's my home. That's where I, I, I grew up in. I believed in it. Um, the, the, the foundation of what I had created was Calvin Coolidge, President Calvin Coolidge, 1924, he's the one that signed in the American Civilization Act and gave us our constitution and our freedom and our right to vote. Mm -hmm. So I loved the Republican Party with all my heart. And it was Ronald Reagan who inspired me to be a free American, to believe in less government and to stand up on your own and, and start your businesses and to, to taste the fruit of liberty. 
and I love it. And I am a Republican down to the core. I am a better Republican than a lot of these old geezers out there that, you know, want to control things because I believe in true freedom and the whip, what it was, um, it was laid out for us. Mm-hmm. Now, I think the Republican party needs to be cleaned out and revamped, but the, the original principles and the reasoning behind it is, is still why I am the way I am. It shaped me. It made me the American I am. I just believe we lost our party. I think it's not fundamentally, you know, across the board, but then you think about it, the RNC, they're back in rhinos all over the place. So maybe they're infiltrated at the top level as well. I don't know because they're doing some really peculiar things right now. And I don't get it because they're not standing consistently. They're flip-flopping. Mm-hmm. And, and Arizona called me and they're like, the Republicans are pushing, the, 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 the upper deck is pushing all the rhinos and all the real hardcore patriots that were on the ground for Trump. They didn't get endorsed. And so they were upset. And so now they're all pulling back and they're all kind of looking at it. And I got phone calls saying that, you know what? You saw what was happening. You've seen it, but you were the only one with enough courage to literally jump and leave that party and, and still stand for who you are. We didn't have enough courage to do it, and we all got burned. Mm-hmm. And it's sad. It's sad we're losing our country because we can't outmaneuver because we become so inapt to loving these parties. But you know what? Party is not in the Constitution. So what I'm doing now is I am speaking as an American, and I am uniting people as Americans and parties they can take a back seat right now because you know what they we they they speak into and with forked tongues mm-hmm. and we don't know the difference yeah and what do you say to people who say that a third party candidate can't win <laughs> it's funny because i need to be um if you look in the bible uh, gideon they need to underestimate me and I, I love it because keep doing that. Keep underestimating me. If all the Christians voted, I would win. See, for me, um, I worked so hard as a conservative Republican that I have, I've made tons and tons of relationships. So um, third party, if you look at 100% of the vote, I think she, um, MLG, the incumbent Democrat, she got like 51% or so. And our rhino. Do you, do you think that that's real or do you think that's dominion? I think it's dominion. Okay, so this is the fun part. Okay, so let me finish. So with, with the rhino, he had like 42% or something like that, and I got the rest of it. Now, if I get 15% of the Republican vote and I get 15% of um, MLG's vote, they're all going to drop to the low 30s or the high 29s. And please, I already have the, the, the libertarians, the independents. We haven't even talked about Indian country. But we're going to come into the high 30s and we'll be able to win this thing. It's very plausible. Mm. It's exciting. Now the Dominion machine, the Dominion machine, it, it was brought to you by Mark Ranchetti's um, campaign manager. He's the one that ushered it into the state of New Mexico through Susana Martinez administration. She's our past governor. It was her, it was a Republican that signed the Dominion machine into New Mexico. It was their fault and they knew what they were getting into and there's payouts and there's invoices and everything they've uncovered. They have it all, but nobody wants to talk about it. That's why the Republicans did nothing during the 2020 cycle. They wouldn't back Trump in New Mexico. They wouldn't go through it and say, we wanted a forensic audit. We called for it, but they said, oh, it costs too much money. The chair, Steve Pierce, did everything he could to avoid avoid the Dominion question and voter integrity. So yeah, it's rigged. But thing, my thing is God wins, but mm-hmm. however... When every time we talk about data, they only bring up 
the Dominion machine, Republicans versus Democrats. That's all it was doing. I think is not calculated for a third party win. I think the X factor is me and they don't know what to do with me. That's why they're fighting so hard to take me out. And I just got word in that Mark Ranchetti offered me a cabinet position if I drop out. You don't do that if you're not scared. You don't do that if you think I'm not going to beat you. So yeah, we're going to win this thing. So we're pushing hard and we're going to say what we need to say. But I'm excited because um, I'm unwavered and unswayed and I, I fear no man. Mm, I love that. I could feel that in my bones. And I was surprised when when all the craziness started around the so-called pandemic, I thought that all the tribes would shut it down and be like, no, we're not doing this and we're sovereign. So how are you being received by Indian country in light of the, the unforeseen, I was surprised by the response to all, all the tyranny. Right. Well, Indian country, there's two different factors. You got the leadership, people that are in high levels and the politicians, and you got the people. Mm -hmm. With the people on the ground, the ones that are voters that actually look out and, 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 and check out the landscape and look at the different candidates and do their research, we have them. We have all of them. The ones that just talk a lot of trash on social media, they're not even registered to vote. They don't even understand politics. They're the ones that are talking trash about me. Mm -hmm. Now, the upper deck in the political realm, they're all bought and paid for. Mm -hmm. because again remember I told you that it's corrupted and they're hiding money here we are one big laundry machine because how are we the most heavily funded people in America with the poorest population because we never feel that money so when I get out and you give me that mic it's over I'll take all of them that's why Ron Teddy won't de de debate me that's why people won't, won't will they refuse to, they just want to stick their finger in their ear and not listen to me. But once I fight, start talking and they ask me the real questions, I'll tell them the answers. I'll tell them what we found out. And we have more research still happening. So many more people are out there researching. And so our, our files are just stacking and it's it's pretty phenomenal. But I think we're, we're getting them, we're getting them. Um, Indian country just needs some support. They need some help. They need us to really enter their lives at the level of, in their living rooms. What are your children going through? What are you going through? What does your refrigerator look like? What does your income look like? What does your vehicle look like? I mean, when you're in poverty, it's very stressful. And so they need a leader that will understand us and recognize it and also not judge them. Because being a, a Navajo woman, I can um, humbly walk into these places, especially with the homeless and not judge them. Mm -hmm. I, I see people, I see human beings, and I don't you know, judge them. I love the sinner, but not the sin, so to speak. And this is how we have to work with Indian country. Once they understand there's some compassion behind it, then they will believe. So Mark Ronchetti right now is, he has no idea what he's talking about. He cannot represent Indian country. He cannot represent me. Therefore, he is inadequate. He is incomplete as a candidate. He will be the most incomplete governor we've ever had because I am the third option that knows what's happening in, in rural New Mexico, the cattle country, the agriculture, the water, the mineral rights, the you know, extractions, the oil and gas, coal. I know everything that's out there that has to do with it because you know what? We have brothers and sisters that work in all these different areas and it, we're the package. And that, that's just, I guess, that the answer to all of it is Indian country needs to realize that they finally have one of their own that's ready to move forward and is strong enough. So after 150 years of oppression and suppression, here I am, I can speak English you know, very well. I can read policy, I can write policy. 
I can understand exactly what's happening and I can unravel the, the demonic um, policies that want to imprison and cripple an entire nation. Mm. And what are some of the changes and solutions you're most excited to implement? Oh, education and the economy. Um, we have a wonderful, wonderful um, plan that's going to ignite the economy. We are going to make New Mexico first. So if we get Trump back in office or another conservative, because I think the Democrats aren't going to win this round because Joe has screwed this up so bad and Kamala is a cackling nothing that we will be done and we will put in a conservative president. And most of them are America first where they're talking. They want to be America first candidates. They want to, they're trying to sell that marketing point. And I think if they want America to be first, they need a Navajo businesswoman who will be able to negotiate um, New Mexico first. So we'll be first in line. And I am determined to make sure that our oil and gas is the first one to go and also our coal and we'll be able to ignite the economy here in New Mexico. I'm also gonna get rid of the gross receipt tax so that we can in, in, inspire the entrepreneurial spirit and also other businesses to move here to New Mexico, especially manufacturing jobs. And then on the other side of the candle wick of poverty, we're going to light it up and I'm going to um, inspire and encourage the population. I need 11 to 14 percent of New Mexico to become entrepreneurs and small business owners and we're going to incentivize it and instead of throwing money into the poverty sector um, we're going to try to squeeze them and move that money to the entrepreneurial sector for better medical for them and when you are inspired to become a business owner and we all hire one to two New Mexicans we can literally wipe out our unemployment rate I am looking at igniting the American dream here. If it's your dream to do something amazing, I, I want you to do it because look at me, this is me and I'm doing almost the impossible. But if I can get there and make it possible, we can literally help everybody from the small babies to, um, you know, to the elderly. And then also going on to war against um, the abortionists. I'm excited because it's a big challenge. We have a blue house and a blue Senate that pushed abortion up to 12 months. So literally a 12 month old baby can get birth and then they can throw it into the um, sink and, and piece it out. And we are the murdering capital of the country here in New Mexico. So are I'm excited people, are to people take- doing that? Are people- Yes, yes, they're piecing them out. And these babies are being sold as body parts. And so you, you think about the lucrative amount of marketing and business that's happening with Planned Parenthood. So we're gonna go to war and I'm a fighter. I am a pro-life woman, but I have figured out bureaucracy and policy in the hands of the governor. I can literally fight the best war and I can save 98% of those babies, even with the worst laws in New Mexico. I have a plan for it and I'm excited to show them, this is how you Indian fight. This is how you do it. We're gonna go around and we're gonna figure this out and it's through policy and it's through education. It's through giving these young ladies that have a question about, can I do this? Can I be a mom? Yes, you can. And we're gonna educate them. And it's not just a, a, a simple little fix. No, we're gonna make Planned Parenthood inside New Mexico in order for them to even function here. They have to have so much training, so much training that costs so much money that it's not even lucrative to be here in New Mexico. We're gonna fight them economically. They're gonna hate me, but you know what? I don't care, I'm here to save those children. And I think that also the children that are here, we need to also look at pro-chance, giving the chance of a beautiful life to these children. There's so many kids lost in C um, CYFD that we do not have the means to account for every one of them. I wanna know how many children have fallen through the cracks, how much of the system has failed them. 
So I'm going after to save our babies and our children and also our elderly. I want them to have the best retirement package here where you don't have to pay ridiculous taxes. You came here, you paid your debt. And then also, I think we need to get that border wall, wall under control. And I'm excited for that one too, because guess what? I'm a welder by trade. That's who I am. I'm going to go down there and create a, a total um, production and make sure that wall gets finished. Whatever Trump started, we have to finish. And I will have to put on my welding gear again. And I will throw down bead just to show the American people that, yeah, we're going to get our hands dirty, but it's going to be the callous and the will and the sweat and blood and tears of the American people that we can save our country. And I'm going to do this by showing New Mexico we were going to come from 50th, the 50th place of we are the worst in everything, education, name it. We are crime ridden we, and it's exciting because the only way is up mm. and I'm excited. So those are the policies I'm looking forward to. I love that, Karen. I love your fire. And I'm curious to know, like, it seems like there's so many nefarious forces working here in terms of child, child trafficking, in terms of the labs, in terms of whatever's going on underground. Have you come up against that? And does that inform what you plan to do here? Yeah, there's a lot of things working. I think New Mexico is probably one of the most corrupt and darkest um, parts of the country. Yeah. Um, you have to look at history and how it was made, um, the different, um, I guess, land grants, water grants, what they've done to us, uh, our resources in the ground. Why are we blue? Why are why did Joe Biden come here? I mean, to look at the fires when he didn't, he didn't care. Why did Jill Biden fly here right after they took office and she the first place she went was to Navajo Nation there's a lot of um, corruption here and it's hidden and see no one wants to talk about Zorro Ranch that's here in New Mexico right. that is part of the whole Epstein um, <laughs> it's disgusting but no one's done investigation yet no one's asked the right questions and why was that even uh, that house even allowed to be built because it supposedly didn't even pass environmental clearances because there's Native American artifacts in those area. That's why it was so, so um, isolated and there was no other buildings and, and other people didn't know what was happening in that area. Mm -hmm. And so this goes way back into the history of New Mexico. So if you start climbing into the history, you start reading and understanding the Santa Fe ring. Does it still exist is the next question. So I've been researching and looking at Billy the Kid and everybody thinks, oh, he's Billy the Kid and they, they Hollywood glamorized him and they, some people call him a hoodlum, but then what was he really fighting? And I have a podcast on that too, but there's, there's things still happening that are historical that I think that are remnants of the fight between good and evil, between God and, and, you know, and Satan. And it's here and you have to be a praying person for you to get through it. You have to hold on to God with both hands and you have to hold the line and hold that rod. And then you have to start pushing when it's time. And the way you do that is just through prayer, <coughs> excuse me. But yeah, it, it's, it's bad, it's thick. And if you are not prepared, it'll swallow you whole and tear you apart. And that's what happens to all these politicians. As soon as they get into office, they get bought and paid for and you start seeing it even in their legislations. So there's one legislation I always talk about was by Karen Bash out of the Albuquerque district. She ran legislation for wildlife. The first section was about wildlife permitting, you know, hunting, the rig basics. But then when you got down to section two, pedophilia, how do you allow it to pass? And so they send in this trash 
um, packages and they do it in packages because they need to hide it. And that's what they're doing in DC as well. They need to make sure they piece it out. And as a governor, I will rip into them. How dare you try to mask this to the American people? I will veto the crap out of that. And I will go down to that floor and I will rip into them on that microphone. I will let the American people see me do it too. I refuse to be made a, you know, a spectacle and also to be told that you're too stupid to read the stuff that you're going to sign it into office i mean into law the legislation they throw at you is just just it's trash so mm -hmm. we are dealing with a lot the corruption is huge and i see it and i think it's the light that we have to shine and let the cockroaches run and that's mm -hmm. the only way we're we'll able to do this mm -hmm. and do you know what was joel biden doing with the navajo nation <laughs> see that's the kicker is nobody knows they just, they, they came in to visit. But like I said, sovereignty wasn't given to us, the people, because they loved us and they thought that we needed sovereignty. No, they gave us sovereignty to hide stuff. Mm -hmm. So that's the question, is the federal government and the people that really want to know what happens to the tax money of the American people, we're going to have to do investigations and unravel it. So you have to ask your question, why, 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 why? And once you start doing that and your mind starts to go forward and you realize that, ah, this is what's happening. So yeah, they, they come to New Mexico and uh, we've had Bill Clinton here. He went to um, one of the governor's funerals and everybody can't figure out where did he stay. No one saw him. He came, but he showed up to Moriarty High School for the funeral. And that's and there, that was right, really close to Zorro Ranch. So that's where he was staying. Mm -hmm. And so you, you, we, we know this. And so people have documented things. People have seen things. Um, we also now have, because we're, we're bringing it to light, we have a lot of girls that are now talking people that have been trafficked. Uh, missing murdered indigenous women is not a myth, it's a real thing here. Mm -hmm. And so we have to tackle so much, but yeah, it's all it's all hooked in. And so the American population that has been digging that's awake, it's it's disgusting, but I'm glad that they all did the work so that we all can be have the voice because I think the internet is also erasing things and scrubbing. And I think we just have to keep fighting and keep keep holding the line. Yeah, for sure. And I, I can tell you as a journalist, they're definitely scrubbing the internet at warp speed. So for those of us who know, you know, like everyone who's colluded in this current sham around lockdowns and injections and destroying family businesses under the auspices of a pandemic, are there any plans to enforce justice upon the people who attempted to destroy New Mexico? There needs to be because our governor right now, Michelle Lujan Grisham, is everything you just described. Mm -hmm. She did this. And I think all those deaths are on her head and that should be her legacy. That should be the, the chiseling notification on the millstone that we wrap around her neck and throw her into the ocean of knowledge. That's what <laughs> I really believe we need to do. And we need to make sure she doesn't live it down. And so, yes, history needs to mark this. Books need to be written. And we need to make sure that this is taught inside school. Because you know what? The CDC is currently saying the unvaxxed and the vaxxed do not have um, do not have different protocols now. So basically, the vaxxed got vaxxed for nothing. But then now you're seeing blood clots, brain aneurysm, heart attacks. All these things are happening, but they're not calling it about the vax. Well, oh sure, when COVID was happening, you get into a car accident. It was COVID. It you know it, it they have done a disservice to the history of the American people, and I think they need to be branded with it. 
They also need to, um, we need stringent, more stringent laws and we need to be able to hold them accountable. And I think that's one thing Michelle Lujan Grisham is gonna run from. She's probably gonna move when she loses because nobody will want, she will not be safe here. She can't even go grocery shopping without getting yelled at or spit on. And that's where it's at right now. And, and, and we can't stop the public, especially if they're, they lost loved ones. We buried so many people during her administration. She is, um, okay, you see they're, they're loading up pipe and stuff. Um, actually, <laughs> we're, we're working. But yes, I, I think that the, the people need to be put into prison. I really do. They've, they've done so much uh, disheartening heartbreak to the people. We, we put so many people in the ground and it, I can't even imagine what the numbers are, even the suicide numbers for the youth after they were locked down from schools and they didn't know how to um, just be isolated and a lot of them committed suicide. So we had the highest suicide rates during COVID here in New Mexico and all the businesses that shut down, how many lives it should destroy livelihoods because we believe fundamental laws, you have a right to make a living. And when they shut you down and, and, and they, they allowed it to happen, the American people should have stood up, but they didn't. They, they let the fear and the indoctrination overtake them. That's why you need a governor that has enough courage to understand the 10th Amendment. Tell him, you know what, Fauci, you need to sit down and let us run our states the way we see it. You know, I really enjoyed Christy Nome, how she allowed to um, the people to have the responsibility to take care of themselves. If you felt that you were in danger, stay home. But if you knew that you had an immune system and you felt that, you know what, I want to be and become immune, then you know have your freedom to do as you choose. And that's the kind of governor I wanted. And so that's the kind of governor I want to be is the one that allows freedom and liberties of the people. So when they keep trying to push mandates and also um, they try to legislate morale, it ends up impacting people on all levels because I want my guns. I don't want you to determine if I'm capable enough or not. I want my, um, my, my rights, my constitutional rights. And that's basically where it sits at. So yeah, we need to have more stringent laws and hold them accountable. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I can tell you just from my experience in Santa Fe, our mayor and our city council, like I sent, I was sending them facts and links and statistics from the get-go. So they can't claim ignorance about this and all the harm that they've done here in Santa Fe specifically either. Right. Right. Yeah. They, <laughs> they knew, they knew. And I think they were all on, all on board and now they're not saying anything about it. So now you're going to claim, you know, ignorance or irresponsibility or what, you know, my thing is, if you're ignorant, then why are we going to reelect you? And if you were irresponsible, then why would we reelect you? So I think that we also need to stand up and voice those things and say, yes, they knew. They knew the data and they hid it from us. And we had the cure. We had, we had ivermectin. We had hydroxychloroquine. And I know it works because you know what? I self-medicated when I was in the hospital. So if you watch that podcast, or I, I literally um, fought my way out of the hospital because they wanted to give me remdesivir and ventilate me. And I, I said, I wouldn't do it. So then they, they said, well, if you're not gonna do the protocol, we need you to sign a do not resuscitate order. <laughs> so then I was throwing stuff at them. I said, get out of my room. No, I said, I just need my vitamins and leave me alone. And so they said, oh, she's gonna die. So I had self-medicate from a conservative doctor who prescribed um, the medicines that I needed and I had family go pick it up. And then they, they got it into my room. They had to smuggle it into the um, hospital. And I literally self-medicated and it took me three days to get out of bed and I was back home. See, we had the cure. They denied us the cure. So my thing is, I think they should be accountable for the death. That means manslaughter. That means you will serve prison in life. Yes, 
from your mouth to God's ears, may justice be served for sure. Amen. Amen. Yeah. And what is your, do you have a plan in place as far as this critical race theory, this sort of weird racism that's infiltrating yes. its way? I'd love to hear it. <laughs> well, it has to do with the empowering the parents. Because me, as a parent, I knew what was happening and I didn't, I didn't agree with it. So I would pull my kid from school. Now, the people that don't think it's a big deal, they like CRT, but they also have freedoms to do what they want to do. So it's really tricky and you can't legislate morale, like I said. However, with the education system, what we can do is we can fund the parents per child. So for K through 12, if we give a tax credit to each kid across New Mexico, no matter if you're rich or poor, it's an $8,000 tax credit. Um, you put the power of the child education back into the parent. They are the CEO of that child anyway, because they're going to protect and love and raise that child. It's their child. And you re-empower the school board systems. We basically wrap a muzzle around PED and pull it back and eventually dismantle it because PED has no, um, no real understanding of the education system in New Mexico because they do a, one, a blanket one size fits all across the whole state in it. It never did anything for us. And then the secretary of education needs to be, um, that position needs to be wiped out. It's a salary eater. It doesn't do anything for us. But what we do is we put the power back into the school boards. And, but the funding is from the parents. So if you are in a school system that's pushing CRT and you don't agree with it, because one little boy um, down in South New Mexico, he was told um, he was gonna go through a theater, um, drama type um, education partaking of it and he was assigned to play the princess and he would have to put on a dress and a crown and his parents said no and so his parents went back to um the school the principal administration and the administration told him well if you're not gonna go by the curriculum then um he's gonna be suspended from school and not get that grade so this is crt in 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 massive amounts of it it's gendering gender crazing um, it's mixing up people in their heads so if that parent had that money, they could literally remove that child and they'd have to prorate them and cut them that check. And then they could move their child to a better school, a conservative school with better administration. Inadvertently, it creates competition like business. So then when you have a good school, you start to see the numbers grow and they get more funding. So the more funding there is, that means they have better teachers and the, and the parents love it because the, the textbooks are great. They're getting fed well, they have no complaints. And so they push their children into these education um, areas. So they have, this is the ultimate pro-choice. Now, when we see this from our end, we will be able to incentivize these schools that balloon that get really big then we get to say, okay, they're doing the right thing. So then we can actually give better paying jobs to the better teachers. And then we start to fund conservative, good schools. Now, the ones that are pushing this crazy CRT agenda, even though they rename it and they say they're not and they're denying and they're fighting the parents, you're gonna watch their school shrink. You're gonna watch their classroom shrink. And it's that competitive measure is gonna naturally do itself. So these teachers that are horrible, that are upset, they're crying, they're cussing at kids, they're, um, there are bad apples out there. Um, they're gonna be identified by the fact that the money's gonna show that they have no more students in their class, that mm -hmm. these parents will have the power to remove and have a say-so in their child's education. Mm -hmm. And that's the best we can do. And, and what does it removes the government, less government, like I kept saying, less government is where it's at and freedom. And so you give that freedom to the parents and the, and the, and the school-aged children are now protected because their parents are now involved. So that, that's how you're going to see this work. And we 
We know it works because I pulled my kids and I homeschooled. So if you're going to homeschool, you also have that power to keep that money to apply it to your school textbooks. If you need computers in your home, you need these different aspects, especially in rural, rural New Mexico, where a two-hour bus ride to school is not, um, you know, doesn't make any sense to you to put a kid on the bus for that long. Yeah. So yeah, and that kind of money will help supplement also um, the family. So for instance, I had eight kids. So if I decided to homeschool or not, and this package was in place, I would have had $64,000 and I wouldn't have to had to go to work. I could have stayed home and raised my babies and I would have educated them the best that I could because I would have had the money to do so. But we had to scrape together to homeschool. We, we, we got it done, but I mean, it was hard, but I would have loved to um, had that choice to give them uh, a very expensive education, like hiring an, a music teacher an uh, art teacher hiring a chef to really come in and, and cook you know different you, you could do things like that that seems not conducive in a public setting so there's different ways to educate your child but it's up to you and um that's how i feel that we can do this and we can weed out crt and eventually get rid of it and it just becomes a thing of the past and where will the money come from for these stipends it's the same way it comes from our um it's we were looking at it so that we pay into our education anyway. Um, and so that's where the money's gonna come from. It's the same thing, how we fed Ted and how we fund Ted and how we fund um, all the schools. It's just a different way of funding. It just provides power. It's the same funding. You just have to move it um, into the different hands, how it's, how it's spent. Because right now, when you put the power of spending into the government, they have the power to enforce masks, to enforce the jab, to enforce CRT and not call it CRT. The right. power is in the wrong hands. So it's the same money. We're just going to move it into the hands of the actual child. Mm -hmm. And I'm curious, I've been in New Mexico since 2011, and it's changed really drastically in the past few years. And all yeah. of a sudden, I see in all these businesses, they're like Black Lives Matter stickers, posters. And I'm wondering how that lands with you as a Navajo woman in terms of our actual on the ground culture here in New Mexico? Right, well, Black Lives Matter, um, even some of the natives picked it up. They saw it, they saw it as the way the media pumped it out. It was a indoctrination um, aspect. They put fear, um, it was always, um, it's very racial and they wanted to always fight for the minorities because we are a minority majority. We're a majority minority state, I should say. So most of the majority of New Mexicans are minority, I should say. So with the Black Lives Matter, a lot of it is misconception and misinformation and misunderstanding of what it really is. What we have to do as New Mexicans is we have to hold the media accountable as well. A lot of them are pumping out um, bad stuff. They're not even, um, even, yeah, they're not being very clear on what it is. And so we have to provide those. So Black Lives Matter, I think we have to hold those kind of organizations they have to publicly post their funding source. Is it George Soros or who is it? You know, what is your what what is your intent here, and why are you doing it? And they need to make those public for the people to see. They don't. They just come in in one big swoop because we're seeing it here on the on Indian country too. The same people that fund Black Lives Matter and Antifa um, are also funding um, the Red Hand and also a lot of the different um, organizations here on Indian country. It's, they, they give it real nice names, like, you know, um, I can't even think of it now, but they give them good names, just like America the Beautiful, but really it's a 30 by 30 policy. Mm -hmm. And it, it, just because of the, the, the title of the book says something nice, 
horrendous. So we have to publicize and make sure we educate the public on what these organizations are and what is their intent. Their intent is to break down the people. Mm. And, and that's what we're doing is we're going to flip each other against each other. And it's about fighting and looting, especially on small businesses that we not know what they were doing. They were looting our, um, <laughs> they were looting us <laughs> and, and burning businesses and, you know, in these other cities and it's all boarded up, but they thought they were doing something great on, but then it was the business owners that were getting injured and hurt. They, they lost everything. They lost their, their lives. And, and yeah, it's, it's a mess out there, but we have to clean it up and we have to do it with starting with our state, I think. Yeah, totally. And did, have you compiled some sort of list or database? I didn't realize that a lot of the organizations funding Black Lives Matter were also funding these supposedly philanthropic pro-Indian organizations, yep. I guess? Yep, Bill Gates is one of them. He was a big, big funding of um, Navajo education scholars. And they took them and they said, well, you want you to go to a university, not vocational. So they sent, they call them the Gates Millennium Scholars. And a lot of them were Navajo. And they took the best, the smartest and the brightest of these kids. And they sent them through um, leftist universities to get these um, social justice warriors uh, degrees. And so you're seeing them right now and they're on the ground and they think that they're fighting. They literally think they're doing good. They're out there fighting for, you know, certain things. Uh, stop oil and gas it's killing mother earth and the environmentalist um, understanding of it but oil and gas was given to us by you know heavenly father and it's a natural resource in the ground so when you make a road and drive on it you know when people lay down the asphalt it's literally a controlled oil spill that's what we're doing when we're laying highway and road mm -hmm. but then when it rains so hard and where does all the growth happen it happens on the side of the road and then all the deer and the cattle that get out of the fencing, what are they grazing? They're grazing on, grazing on the side of the road. So you're thinking about it. Well, if it's so toxic and horrible, then why is the vegetation and everything flourishing along the highway? Right. And, and so the, the aspects of, of real truth and I guess cognitive understanding and putting it into a package so that you can understand it, it's, it's absent. So when they go into these leftist universities, they're told that petroleum is, you know, ripping the earth apart. It's doing all these different things. And it's just, and, and, and they're pumping this indoctrination into them. So when they come out with their degrees, they literally believe that they're doing good, um, but they're injuring the economy. They're injuring society. And we have to move with the times. We have to do it in a very responsible manner. We have to take care of the earth, but then we also can extract. And we have the technology now. Carbon catch systems are here. There is no carbon going to be released with these coal plants. Not what I think the, the, the carbon catch um, percentage that the Obama administration wanted us to meet, we actually exceeded. So burning coal is, is not as what it used to be. Mm. And, and so the education process and so Bill Gates and all these people, these philanthropists that, that, that funded the scholarships, I think it was an intent to take the brightest and smartest of our people and turn them into social justice warriors for the left. And we're seeing this across the board. They fund everything. There's all these little organizations like Rock the Vote was a big one. Um, they came out, oh, yeah, we all going to get everyone to register Rock the Vote. You know, no, they, that was not part of it that was part of the dominion project and it all hooks back into it but you see it but you see all these organizations coming into the navajo nation and yes we do have a list um, not really a database but mostly just notes because mm -hmm. when they come across the board we look at them we research them and we figure it out 
a lot of them are fronts. They use um, Native Americans to um, register them on Indian country so they can they can exist. And it looks like it's Native um, owned and backed, but no, these people are being funded, um, you know, to start money. And we know how it works. And so we're watching them. And so we have people on the ground and a lot of conservatives and they're worried. They're worried how the, the money is, is influencing people in their minds, but they do it in all different sorts and fashions. Yeah, totally. And it's, it's so clear when we look into Bill Gates investments, it's uh, population control and it's oh, yes. it's <laughs> the, the genocide. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. Real, real genocide, real genocide. Legit. And so what do we do about the young adults like who are out of school and have been duly indoctrinated and genuinely think that they're doing good things while they're shredding our democratic republic? Like, what's the solution for these people who are now out of school but badly, you know, confused, very confused. Well, most of them are angry because they still live in poverty because this social justice um, leftist funding source can't make them rich and it can't make them comfortable and it won't give them any kind of um, understanding of self-fulfillment. They won't have it. So what, how we battle that is through small business and entrepreneurship. And when you start giving them a taste of freedom and understanding standing up, they don't grasp on to these organizations anymore for help they don't feel the victim anymore so we have to empower them to be self-resilient and be the navajo people that we've always been we are wonderful um, business oriented um, conservatives and once you start feeding that through business you get better health services if you're a small business owner as opposed to being poor in poverty and just going to ihs and you get an ibuprofen because they can't help you right. but then if you're a business owner you get a better health package and you think about it you're like wow i think i want to be a business owner so if we can give them the taste of freedom and start to show them the direction it is to be self-resilient to stand up to be strong and be who we were meant to be that is the key is to give them back their identity and the identity isn't just our clans it's more than that it's the feeling of from the our roots that are way deep 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 in the ground that come up through us through generations and once we give them that feeling back and they taste it and they understand it then they'll be able to make more decisions and we'll be can conquer this mess that they've been pumping into us so it's taken us this long to unravel it and it's gotten really bad so we are we are in a very interesting time to it's yeah it's an interesting time to be alive but i think we can do it but it has to be a taste of freedom that's why freedom is so important mm, i love that I, I i really it's just so positive you know and empowering and to help get people out of the victim mentality so right. I, i'm not attempting to seed our reality with this at all but just you know let's pretend that the democrats won the white house once again or stole it again or whatever what like how are you planning to protect new mexico from from all of their like crazy green new deal and climate crisis and eat bugs and social credit system and cashless you know like right yeah I think, I think I've been made for a time like this. I do think it's gonna get worse. I do think they're gonna do something nuts where our whole um, Washington will be gone. They're gonna be con controlling it. We're gonna have to do the 10th amendment first. You're gonna have to have a governor that's courageous enough to do the 10th amendment to parent and whip the federal government out of our state. Mm -hmm. I did have a, um, 
I guess I don't want to be all mystic or anything, but an inkling that it's going to get bad. We have to close our state down, not like a lockdown where we are doing it to protect ourselves. We really have to become self-reliant. We have to eat our own beef, our own agriculture, and we have to make sure that everyone's growing what we need in the state. We have the water, we have um, the means to it. We also have the, the greatest climate ever to be able to sustain a very beautiful agriculture um, uh, environment for ourselves. We also have all the resources in the ground. We can get our petroleum, our refineries up and we can put our own petroleum in our own tanks. We also can um, light up our own electricity. We have all about, what they say, four, five, six, seven, 700 years in the ground of resources. We can light up our cities and we can live on that energy for a very long time. I think we'll have to close down our roads and we're going to have to self-sustain New Mexico. We'll have to close our borders and we have to implore the people to stand up for yourself, arm yourself, plant your gardens um, and take care of your children, educate your children. And we're going to basically lock ourselves in, but we're one of the, one of the only states in America that can self-sustain. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. And once we do that, we'll let that something happens on the outside. That's okay. New Mexico, well, we can save ourselves. And more and more people will come. And so we're going to be able to create an environment. So even if the dollar crashes, we are such rural New Mexicans. We all have skills, services, and product that we can trade. So we can go to the bartering system if we have to. We're already trading for things. People that can't afford plumbing, for instance, um, we'll, 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 we'll say, well, you know, what can you trade for us? You know, some guy does electrician work. So if our house needs something and his house needs something, then we can trade. So you see it, bartering system can take place of the actual American dollar, but we also have silver and gold here in New Mexico, we can begin to mine again, we can actually back it by God's money, God's money is gold and silver, and so we will be able to create um, our own banking system as well, we can get rid of taxation where we become self-sustaining and we only trade across value for value, and I think that's where our America needs to go back, but we could be the cusp of the, the, the forerunner of how to do this and we can begin to export our our supplements whatever we, we exceed in we can export that as well um we do have water there's tons of it under the ground um technology is here we have the labs here we have some of the greatest mines in new mexico we can tap into it i think we can self-sustain so this is exciting for me because it's the biggest challenge that i've ever I've ever felt that could happen so even if the democrats you know completely take over america i think new mexico can be one of the biggest beacons of hope and light and but it has to be done through um, Indian country because we know how to self-sustain we have been abused oppressed suppressed even persecuted for so long that we know how to survive and we will teach the American people this is how you beat communism this is how you become self-reliant off mother earth and this is how you take care of your babies and your children and this is how you pray so this is what we're doing is is we have to all believe together that one nation under God but at the same time, we have to take care of our own home and clean it up and become self-reliant and beautiful once again. So I do have hope, and that's why I'm in this race, because I'm the only one that can see the worst of it, but I also see the light. Mm, yeah, I, I really appreciate that, that you have such an expanded perspective and such a deep multidimensional understanding of what's really going on to be able to safeguard safeguard us in case of worst case scenario. Of course, my prayer is that that doesn't come to pass, but I love no, that. Right. Yeah, but that you're but we're ready. Yeah, we're aware we're, we're ready, you know. Yeah. Well, Karen, thank you so much. It's been such a pleasure to drop in with you. How can the folks support you? What can we do to ensure your victory? 
everyone needs to know the Bedoni name, B-E-D-O-N-I-E, BedoniTuff.com. Go there, learn more about me, watch all my videos, become a Bedoni, um, not just a supporter, but educated on who I am. And then you need to speak about me everywhere in churches, grocery stores, gas pumps, anyone you can come in contact with your family members. Once they know my name and they find me and they hear me speak, I think we have them, we have their vote because I am saying what your heart is screaming for. I am saying what the rhinos won't say. I am not bought and paid for. I am absolutely clean. I am going here and I owe nobody nothing. I'm gonna fight for the people. And this is exactly what we have to do is really talk about the corruption, talk about the bad stuff, but then also work forward and look toward the light and to the good of everything. So for in order for someone to really help me, they have to get out there. Um, people are doing their own things. Even the kids are painting rocks. They're putting Bodoni rocks all over the state. And it's they're painted turquoise, so because I wear a lot of turquoise and stuff, so that they're putting them all over. And they have scripture behind it. And it's the scriptures that are moving them with the reason why they're voting for me. We are a, a nation of God. And so if we can keep praying, ask all those for my for prayers for me and protection for me and my husband, my children we are talking the truth and the truth is, is scary for a lot of people um but just talk just keep spreading the word get out there and i think i'm going to be driving through your community um i think within the end of the month we're going to do a statewide parade and i'm going to drive every town maybe every road and it's going to take me about two weeks to do it and i'm going to be um, flying my flags and it's going to be in the name of god mm, wonderful thank you karen and are you still doing your podcast I am. I want to do it again, but we've been on the road. So I did the great debate for 20 days. It was 20 venues and 20 towns. I think we had 16 of them, but I also had um, other events um, tucked in there inside of it. So I haven't really been able to cut any video with my girls because they're the ones that do all my video and they help me. And so they were, we were on the road and it was really hard to upload because the threshold you have to have um, a hard line. And so we were on the road. So it was really difficult, but the podcast is good. I have a, a, a girl, her name is Kimberly. She was trafficked. Um, she's a missing murdered indigenous Navajo woman, and she wants to tell her story. So I might do her um, interview soon enough. And um, she was really wonderful and, and amazing. And I just wanted to tell her story and also to show the left Democrats that no, you cannot carry that flag because you did nothing to help her. She went to the Democrats, she talked to MLG, she talked to Deb Luha, uh, Holland, but they did nothing for her. So we're going to carry her flag for her and tell her that, you know what, she can become healed like me. I'm a healed Native American. She can heal from this and she become, become, become one of the most amazing forces of education in this matter. So we will have our podcast going again, but it just takes a little bit of time. But yeah, I really love enjoying doing it as well. Yeah, I love that you're doing that. I love that your message is so empowering and that's really what you're leading with. And I encourage everyone listening to check out the podcast because you do detail your policy, your aims, all the solutions. Um, and I have so much respect for that because you're clearly you know, leading with heart and coming from a place of integrity, which is so rare. So I just want to thank you so much for everything you're doing thank for you. New Mexico, for coming on today. We're all rooting for you. You have our vote for sure. I'm excited thank to you. see you in office. Yes, thank you. And, and thank you for having me here. I really enjoyed this. It was great. Awesome. Thank you so much, Karen. Um, have a beautiful day. <laughs> you too. God bless. Bye-bye. Thank you. You too.
so much for tuning in to this latest episode of Word Up with Danny Katz. I trust that you enjoyed this conversation with Karen Bedoni. Enough to subscribe, enough to hit that like button, and to share widely with your friends and coworkers and family and everyone in your tribe. Again, I, I was inspired to break with my normal structure and have thus shared this entire episode with the public instead of saving the second half for my paid subscribers and supporters because I feel that Karen's message and Karen's intentions are really important. And so I am foregoing that piece in my own little individual effort to get her message out to as many people as possible. As you vibed with Karen's message, thank you so much for sharing this podcast with everyone in your tribe, for going to her website and looking into all the ways that you can support her. Thank you for being part of the Word Up podcast family, for taking the time to share your attention with us. We'll see you on the flip side, kids. Thanks so much for tuning in to today's episode of Word Up with Danny Katz. Be sure to hit that subscribe button if you haven't already. And as you are inspired to learn more about my quantum languaging work, about my books, my homeschool courses, my transformational and empowered badassery coaching, check out my website, dannycats.com. As well, track all of my latest content on my locals page, dannycats.locals.com. Thanks for tuning in. I'll see you soon, tribe.